those that have taken time out of their schedule to come worship with us on this day. And Father, as we look into your word, we ask that you will place the seeds of this word into the very deep soul, deep, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, deep soil of our hearts and that it will grow thereby, and that it will grow to become a mighty oak and that it will be something that we will be established in and through and that we will glorify you in all things. We thank you, God, for this day and this is a day that you have made and you have given us the ability to rejoice and be glad in it. And we thank you for all things in your son Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be doing a new series for the month of July. Uh, the, the title of the series is Nothing Will. As you see up on the board, Nothing Will. And it's coming out of Romans, the eighth chapter. We're going to be looking at specifically at the 38th, the 39th ver uh, verses for our foundation. And then we're going to bounce over to Acts the seventh chapter, and go through the 54th through the 60th verses. Romans, the eighth chapter, the 38th and the 39th verses from the English Standard Version says this, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Acts, the seventh chapter, starting at that 54th verse, going to 60. Again, the English Standard Version says, and now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. We're going to be talking about nothing will for the month of July. And I found this to be something that we need to remind ourselves about. We sometimes go through situations where we definitely want to do the proverbial throw in the towel. Well, I, you know what? Sometimes I feel like I don't, you know, I know y'all is perfect and everything, everything's going well and but sometimes it just feels like I just want to give up. But it seems like every time I want to give up, something in encourages me to continue on the path that I am going on in serving God. And Paul in this eighth chapter, we've heard this preached and we probably ran around the church at, after 
something was preached out of the Romans, the eighth chapter. And I don't have no problem with that, but I, I want us to really understand what Paul is saying because Paul was the epitome of what he was discussing. You heard of Paul. Paul was the guy who got thrown off the got thrown off the uh, the city, off the wall of the city, and was left for dead, and got up and walked back in the same city to preach. Paul, who at least three times that we know of, got whipped and beat for proclaiming the gospel. You know, Paul, the guy that was on the boat and trying to get to Rome, and for some reason the boat just decided to fall apart, and so they had to just ride in to the shore on pieces of the boat. You know, Paul, who I'm quite sure sometimes didn't have food to eat. Sometimes he didn't have enough money to get to the next location. You know, you know the guy I'm talking about, Paul? At this very time in Romans, the eighth chapter, he's writing from a jail cell knowing that he's finna die. And then he said, after going through all that, he says, the English Standard Version says, I, he says, for I am sure. The King James says, for I am persuaded. You know, my mind is made up. I've looked at my life. I've looked at everything that I've gone through, and I've come to this final conclusion. Now, I'm going to say it how we say it today. Ain't nothing going to change my mind. Ain't nothing going to change my mind. You can bring whatever thing that you can tell me, it ain't going to change my mind. Nothing that you can say is going to change my mind. How is it that sometimes we can get so stubborn about things that we have confidence in, but then when they talk about God, we kind of shrink back and say nothing. But Paul has gone through all these things and he comes as he's writing his letters to the Romans, which is considered to be the notebook for how to live the Christian life as he was writing to the Romans. And he says, he says, I am sure, I am persuaded that neither death nor life. What else you got? I got height or depth. Well, what else you got? Angels or demons? What else you, whatever you throw my way, none of that can cause me to separate myself from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So when you're having one of those days, you just say nothing will. Nothing will. Nothing will. I'm having a frustrating day, but I'm not allowing that frustrating day to separate me from the love of God. I'm not getting so frustrated or overwhelmed by the situation that I'm willing to give up on how God has blessed me over this time period. Now, a quick example of that is Stephen. You remember Stephen. Stephen was one of the young men when the Greeks started growing to such a steam, uh, to the size where they had to start taking care of the Greek widows and those orphans that were Greek. And the people came to the apostles and said, hey, the Greeks say that we ain't treating them fairly. 
And the apostle said, listen, we ain't got time for all that. We need to be in prayer and we need to be researching these scriptures. Why don't y'all pick out seven men from among you that are wise, mature, and full of the Holy Ghost? They went and found the men. They came back. The apostles prayed for them and they let them become the deacons. Now, I didn't hear them say nothing about making sure that they open up doors on time. I didn't hear them say nothing about making sure that they had a certain amount of money in their bank account. The criteria was men that were full of the Spirit of God and had wisdom. And they, one of these men was Stephen. Now, one of the things that we find developed from these original uh, deacons was they were not afraid to talk about what they believed in. Stephen happens to be going to visit some folks and started a ruckus. And the ruckus got to the point where they had to call the local council out to come and interact with the people because the people was mad at Stephen because he was telling them that they was all messed up. And it got to the point where as Stephen was preaching about who Jesus was, it, it says it, that they got so enraged, so angry. Have you ever got so angry at somebody that you didn't no longer saw the person you just saw red? I, no, okay, I know y'all, 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 y'all do this the good way. But when you get so angry, where the person just kind of disappearing, and I mean, you, all you know is that you're mad. And if you and if you're a violent person, you're ready to swing. And if they say one more thing, all 32 gonna be on the floor because you're gonna knock them out their mouth. Us violent folks, I guess, know, know what I'm saying. But, oh, I got a couple violent folks in here. Got to pray for them at the service. All right. But we have, these folks got so enraged. And, I, you know, I, I, I ain't scared. My mom's even in, in the service today, and I ain't scared. But you, you remember them times when you was really no use finna get a whooping? And they do this. If you don't sit yourself. They grit them teeth. It says this whole group of people were gritting their teeth because they were so angry at Stephen preaching this gospel. They were so angry at him telling them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And what did Stephen do? Stephen continued to focus on Jesus. It says in this uh, 55th verse, it says, but he full of the Holy Ghost, remember that was one of the criteria. He full of the Holy Ghost didn't look at the people. He looked up into heaven. And there's a, uh, David wrote a thing that says, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. He says, because my help cometh from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And so he looks up into heaven and he sees the radiance. It says the glory of God shining down on the situation. And then he's looking and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now I want to note this word that they used. Stephen, uh, Luke says that he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now, Scripture tells us that Jesus is seated 
at the right hand of God. He's the advisor. He is the uh, advocate for everyone that's going through. This situation caused the advocate to stand up to proclaim, to proclaim his case against the prosecution. It caused a situation even in the heavens to change. Jesus, who's usually sitting, chilling, talking to the Father, stands up and says, Father, look at this one. And he allows him to see what's going on. And then Stephen, Stephen ain't had no sense. Stephen could have kept his mouth shut. But then the next thing he says, he says, hey, y'all, I see Jesus. Dude, didn't we just tell you quit preaching about Jesus? And you going to come in here and tell us some more about Jesus? You talking about you see the heavens opening up and you see the son of man looking? This is, man, oh, I'm really mad now. And then it says, and that was at the 57th verse. It says, but they cried out with a loud voice. Have y'all ever got into a discussion with somebody, especially a sibling, and you get mad at them, and so then you start talking over them? Ah, yeah, yeah, I ain't hear what you're saying. Ah, yeah, yeah, you know, you start all that. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They start doing that. They even took it to the next level. I'm already hollering, but now I'm going to put my hands over my ears so I really can't hear you. These are grown folks out there doing this to Stephen. I just want you to understand this. This is how angry they were. I ain't want to hear nothing you're saying. Then this is where it progressed. It says, and they rushed together at him. That means they, they okay, you still talking about Jesus? All right, we're going to have to put some phys physicality on you now. We're going to put some physicality on you. And it says that they snatched him up. They took him outside the city because you couldn't stone a person inside the city. Couldn't spill blood in the city. So what are we going to do? We're going to pick him up and we're going to take him out. Don't you see, see that a lot of times on TV? You see the guy sitting in the, sitting in the restaurant or whatever, and the guy be like, you want to take this outside? Well, let's take it outside. So they take it outside. Now, the good thing about this was, in the long run, the good thing about this was, it was one of the birthings for Paul. The bad thing about it was, all these folks was upset because of Jesus. But the one thing I want to point out today is, Stephen knew what he said. Stephen knew what the result were probably going to be. And Stephen still, still said what he had to say. Because he wasn't going to allow nothing. Nothing will separate me from proclaiming this gospel. Because that's what is in me. That is what I want to proclaim. And it says that they started stoning him. I want to point this out. And then I think I might leave Stephen alone for today. But I just want to point this out. He getting hit in the head with rocks. Alright, now I want y'all to understand these ain't no pebbles. Alright? Y'all y'all know what bricks are, right? That you know, it's a little bit bigger than a brick. Because it has to be heavy enough to cause irreparable harm when it makes contact. Some countries today, actually what they do, they bury you in the ground. Yeah, there's still stoning going on, I just, you know, in case you didn't know. What they do is they bury you in the ground till only your head is exposed. 
And then they walk up to you with these big old bricks. And they just slam them upside your head until you're dead. That's what stoning is all about. Stephen's getting stoned. Getting hit by the bricks. And it doesn't say nothing about him saying ouch or look what this man says. He says in verse number 59. And as they were stoning Stephen, he cries out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Paul said that he came to this conclusion. If I live, it's going to be for Jesus. If I die, I'm going to gain my reward. Now, Paul said this. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this correlation to you real quick. Guess who was standing here when, when Stephen said this? Saul, and his name later becomes Paul. So he already had this example of what it looked like to somebody that knew that I am finna pass over a transition from this side of life to the other side of life. Because I stayed focused. I did not allow anything. Nothing will separate me. And as we see that what Paul saw was the, the uh, leader, the Jewish leader, that actually authorized the death of Saul. That's why they laid their coats at his feet, because he was authorizing him. He was giving them permission to execute this judgment. And later on, he writes, to live is Christ. Probably had Stephen going through his mind. To die is gain. Because he saw an example of, I will let nothing separate me from the love of Christ. Love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's hard to imagine that as we are proclaiming Jesus and declaring him as Lord, that folks will still mistreat you. You're trying to give them hope. You're trying to tell them there's a better way. And they start over talking you and putting their hands over their ears and, and start trying to assassinate who you are with stones of, of, of deception and slander and trying to put you down for proclaiming who Christ is in your life. But if you do not allow that to cause you to separate from who God has made you to be, you will touch a life that will cause waves to reverberate throughout the community. This, this story is told about this man who refused Boko Haram's demand to embrace Islam. And they told him, if you don't embrace Islam, we're going to kill you. Guess what he said? He said, I ain't embracing Islam. He says, nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. So one of the extremists walked up and shot him in the face. He falls to the ground and gets up, still living today, and has become a testimony because he made that declaration. 
There's another story talking about back in the days when we were going into the Cold War that folks were having church service in, uh, I believe it was Yugoslavia, one of, one of those Iron Curtain nations. And it was a small little church, and these uh, Soviet soldiers come into the church, and they walk in with their AK-47s, and they walk in and says, if you're not a Christian, get out of here right now. Half of the folks ran out the building. The Soviet soldiers then took their rifles, set them at the altar, and said, now we can worship God because we got all the hypocrites out. Y'all thought I was going to do another bad one, didn't you? See? See? I messed you up. I messed everybody's head up on that one. But that's, we have to be established. This is what Paul was bringing out. No matter what, height, depth, angel, whatever, ruler, whatever, we have to be secured in knowing who Christ is in our lives. And by securing that, we become victorious in all things. We're going to kill you. Well, I gain if you kill me. That is the mindset. That is where we're going to talk about in the month of July. If persecution comes, what do we do? We hold fast to what we believe. And hopefully when the persecution comes to us, that Jesus will stand up and be the advocate saying, Father, look at this one, celebrating and being an example of you. As we move forward, we will look at two other different scenarios. This one was persecution, of course. We'll talk about eternal life, but then we'll also talk about what it feels like. How do we have the nothing will mindset when we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling isolated? How do we do that? So for the next two messages, that's what we're going to be going over. And so I just want to say that because I, in case you want to try to Miss one of the services. I just want to give you a little, little sample. I know I told you I'll go celebrate your family, just not on the Sundays I'm preaching. Okay, anyway. Anyway, that's, that's it for today. And I want to encourage you to grab hold of who Christ is. Know that through every situation, he's there with you. One of the things that I, uh, one final thing I want to bring out is the fact that God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always there for us. It's us that makes the decision. If we want to acknowledge, if we want to uh, walk in, that he's there for us. And so persecution comes. Hold on. The old song was hold on to his hand, his unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal, not on things that are temporal. But hold to God's unchanging hand. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this encouraging word to, even when persecution comes, to keep our focus toward the hills, to keep our mind set on you, to keep our spirit focused on you making a way in this situations. And Father, 
even if it becomes like the three, the Hebrew, the uh, situation with the three Hebrew boys, if you decide to let us transition from one side to another, we will not serve the king, but we will only serve you. So God, we thank you that to live is to proclaim your son and to lift him up, that he will draw all men unto you. And to die is for us to receive the glory, the crown that you have set aside for us. So God, we thank you and we honor you for this opportunity. We thank you and honor you for your word. And as we go throughout this week, we ask that this word will manifest in our lives and that we will hold strong to it, that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you, honor you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.